0: I think he's searching for his former master, but I've never seen such devotion in a droid before. Uh, He claims to be the property of an Obi-Wan Kenobi. Is he a relative of yours? Do you know who he's talking about?
1: Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan. Now that's a name I've not heard in a long time. A long time. I think my uncle knows him. He said he was dead. Oh, he's not dead. Not yet. Well, you know him? Well, of course I know him. He's me.
0: Hello and welcome to episode fifty-six of Force Time. My name is Travis, and today I am so thrilled for my guest for today's show. She is a freelance entertainment writer who contributes to the official websites for franchises and companies including Star Wars, DC Comics, Marvel Comics, and Crunchyroll. She also writes for pop culture reporting sites like Nerdist and IGN, while also specializing in creating original DIY and craft projects for all ages. Her books include Marvel Monsters, Creatures of the Marvel Universe Explored, and the book that we're going to be talking about today, Star Wars Be More Obi-Wan from DK Publishing. She's also co-author of Star Wars Every Day, which is due out in October I'd like to welcome to the show, Kelly Knox. Kelly, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Uh, Thanks for inviting me.
0: So excited. I've followed you on Twitter forever. I met you at Celebration. Finally got to tell you how funny you are in person. So talented. I'm just really excited that you're here. So um, thanks again. Thanks again for coming. And I also I also have this nice phantom menace Valentine that you sent me a couple years ago because you had some uh, that you got. So that was that was much appreciated as well.
1: Oh, good. That was fun sending all those out.
0: those are good phantom menace merchandise is is just the best so anything that i get with that is great so let's go ahead let's get right into it kelly so like i said author of be more obi-wan that's the book that we're here to talk about such a great book but let's go ahead let's start from the beginning let's talk a little bit about your star wars fandom story and maybe how it's evolved throughout the years
1: uh sure so i'm um old so it started you know i saw return of the jedi in the theater in 1983 and i grew up with uh you know the wobbly recordings off hbo that's how i watched star wars empire and return of the jedi over and over uh, and so i guess i've been always been a fan i think i still have all of a new hope memorized that's how many times i watched that tape over and over <laughs> uh, and then i was in college when the when phantom menace came out and i was so excited and uh And then eventually, by the time episode or shortly after episode three, I got a job uh, at Sony Online Entertainment working on Star Wars Galaxies. Uh, I had played it when it first came out. I was just a regular player, and then um, and I had the opportunity to work on it on the community team, and that was a ton of fun. Uh, And that's when Star Wars kind of started being more not more work than fandom, but you know the the start of my professional Star Warsing, I guess. (laughs) Uh, And then we moved up to seattle i was in texas before and uh uh still a star wars fan and i started making crafts with my daughter in the 5 a.m hours of (laughs) of not knowing what else to do we started doing star wars crafts that i would make up and then i would share them online and then around 20 I keep going. I'm sorry. It's kind of a long story. And then around 2015, uh, the editor at StarWars.com saw some of those crafts online and he approached me and asked if I'd like to make some for the website. And I said, of course. And as time went by, I said, hey, by the way, I can you know write other stuff for you too. And that's that's what I've been doing ever since then.
0: I love it, and I wanted to say too, thank you for making me cry on a Tuesday afternoon with your Owen and Brew ode that oh. was on StarWars.com <laughs> today. That was so good; it was so unexpected. It, it came up, oh, and, thanks. Uh, I read it right away. <laughs> so good, Owen Brew. I mean, they're so good.
1: They're so good. You have you have to think about how Luke and Leia are such good people. They had to learn it from somebody, right? And it was their their parents that taught them how to, you know, step up and do the right thing. So that's where that came from. Uh, when
0: I wrote that. Yeah, it's National Aunts and Uncles Day, I think, today, right? Yes. Is that what it was? Yes. <laughs> <Yep>. Perfect <Yeah. laughs> Perfect timing for it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um, so like, I, like I kind of alluded to, on Twitter, you are... Literally, the reason I'm on Twitter still, I think, is oh, because of your you. tweets. They're so good. I I laugh at all of them. And before we get to the next question, I'm just gonna lead into it with with one of your tweets that really made me laugh, specifically because of this book. Okay, you said <laughs> I wrote <laughs> said I wrote a whole book on Obi Wan Kenobi, but it would have been easier to write it on paper, and that killed me. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> So, so with that with that said, what was it like to get that call that you were going to be writing this book and that this book was happening?
1: It was, I didn't believe it at first because I have always wanted to write a Star Wars book. I mean, everybody has. And so um, when they asked if I'd be interested, of course, I had to like wait to reply to the email so I didn't look too crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could have replied in <laughs> 10 seconds after I got that email with the yes. <laughs> Um, yeah. But I had already worked with the uh, that editor on um, Marvel Monsters, and so it was a very uh, not an easy process. But I, I knew what I was doing it by that point, and so it was a it was a lot of fun to just get get into it right away. So, um, luckily with Obi Wan, you know, I kind of felt like I, I knew him already uh, and knew a lot of his lines already. So it was uh, it wasn't easy to write, but it was somebody that I. Felt like I already knew pretty
0: well. That was kind of leading into my next question: Was what was your relationship with Obi Wan? And you said growing up that you saw Return of the Jedi in theaters, so you grew up with the original trilogy. And then 16 years later, we get more Obi Wan in the prequels, a lot more Obi Wan, and we get all of that. So we have kind of two different Obi Wans, obviously the same character. But uh, what was your relationship? maybe from a younger age with the originals versus your college years with, with the prequels.
1: I pretty much remember thinking of him as like the wisest man I'd ever seen when I was a kid, right? Like everything that he said was prime advice. He's a, uh, who's the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him. Like I used that for a long time as a kid is just like good general advice. And later in my like teenage and college years too, is a kind of like romantic advice almost. Um, and then uh, when I saw him portrayed by Ewan, Ewan McGregor in the prequels, I was so excited. I can't remember where Moulin Rouge was in, in the timing there, but I, I think I already liked Ewan. I know I'd seen him in Train Spotting, uh, and so I was super excited to see him in the prequels. And I thought he did such a good job. And he had just a little bit of like mischief to him that I thought was such a nice little part of the character that we hadn't seen too much in the original trilogy. So I've, I've always loved that about Ewan is the way he, uh, in his eyes, you can see either he's being a little a little sassy or he's being very kind. And I think he's great at showing, especially in the TV series, he's great at showing all of that with just his eyes. And so um, obviously just a big fan of Obi-Wan all along.
0: With the Obi-Wan series, and we'll, we'll touch on that uh, a little later, but yeah, we get so much... Obi Wan, this is the summer of Obi Wan right now, and you're right in the middle. I mean, we have the Obi Wan series, we have your book, Be More Obi Wan, we have Brotherhood, uh, Padawan. I mean, it's it's Obi Wan fever, and it just it makes me really happy. I was a prequel kid. I mean, I grew up with the with the originals more on um, like video disc and VHS, and then I think I was twelve when eleven or twelve when the Phantom Menace came out, and so seeing you and McGregor. I mean, that's, you know, it's my childhood and he's back and it's just, it's been so great. And with this book specifically, Obi-Wan, I think is maybe the best character to to do a book like this because he is so quotable and he is so wise and he does have so many different sides to him that are so, so interesting. So how did you prepare to write this book and how did you get in that headspace?
1: Uh, So I did go back and watch... All three prequels, although I've seen Phantom Menace probably more than the other two combined because I love it so much. I didn't feel the need to, to go back to the original three movies because, like I said, I knew them so well. <laughs> um, I didn't think I, I needed to go back to those, but I did go back to the prequels, and I took a lot of notes and lines of his that I liked. And um, for these books, they encourage you to look at other characters who kind of share the same themes. And so, of course, I paid a lot of attention to Qui-Gon, who I also think... If he was a little more well-known, could totally carry his own Be More Qui-Gon book. And then I made sure to go back and watch The Clone Wars because they also said that the uh, animation was fair to use. And so um, I watched, I think I've seen the, the three episodes starting with the Mandalore plot more than any other episodes of The Clone Wars. But I watched those again, <laughs> just a few here and there to get Anakin and. Obi Wan's, you know, banter down and uh, the lawless, which is the, the saddest episode of the Clone Wars, or with uh, no spoilers, but with what happens to Satine. And so, in the middle of Attack of the Clones, Obi Wan stops and says to uh, to Anakin, he says, "Patience. Use the Force. Think." And that those three sentences or those three pieces of advice as soon as I heard it I was like well that's that's Obi-Wan that's his whole like philosophy and how he approaches his problems and so once I figured that out from my rewatches it made the uh, navigating the rest of the book a lot easier.
0: At- she went into the club master. Patience use the force. Think. I think one of the best parts of this book is that it's something that you can just go back to. It's timeless, right? You can go back to it at any time, open it up, read a couple pages at a time, and learn something or remind yourself of something, which is so cool. Do you have a favorite lesson from this book or something that maybe even before you wrote the book that was something that you always had in your mind that you incorporated here?
1: So the the line in the pages on uh, Stretch Out With Your Feelings from A New Hope Uh, really stand out because when I was a kid I did not understand what that meant at all and it took me a really long time to figure out what Obi-Wan was trying to tell Luke to do and as I got older I realized a lot of what Obi-Wan is is advising and he gets it I think from Qui-Gon is mindfulness which is being aware of the present Uh, and so all those instead of you know what ifing what might happen in the future, or dwelling what happens in the past. You know, mindfulness is very much like what do you see and hear and feel right now, which is something that I've I've tried to do a lot as I get older. And so, I was thinking about that, that quote, and then what he's trying to teach Luke uh, made that one. Pretty, pretty important to me. I also liked the idea of sending your feelings out and maybe imagining some good feelings coming back in. And so that's the angle I took with that um, particular lesson that I think makes it my favorite.
0: There's so many Different lessons, and you get really deep on some. But then on on the other hand, we also get referring to Obi Wan as a Sass master, which he 100 percent is, and also bringing up Bantha Poodoo in the same in the same line, basically that you're bringing up mindfulness. It's such a great balance. How did you How did you strike that balance between your wittiness and Obi Wan's wisdom?
1: Um, thank you for saying I'm witty. I never think that. Um, <laughs> at the the hardest thing I found was. <laughs> trying a little too hard to be inside jokey was working against me like too many it maybe it's obs- not obscure references but like little cheeky references I think I was trying a little too hard with those and so um taking a step back and keeping it a little more not vague but a little more general I think helped a lot and so I think that's where that balance came from of not trying too hard to be funny which I am definitely guilty of and then just looking at what what Obi Wan is trying to impart to whoever he's speaking to uh, was how I found that that balance.
0: The book is done. It's getting ready to go out in the world. You get your you get the copy of it in your hands for the first time. What was your reaction when you got that first copy?
1: Believe it or not, I saw it for the first time in person at uh, Star Wars celebration. I hadn't I hadn't gotten a copy at home yet, and so that was actually the first time I'd seen it. Uh, and I tried very hard not to yell, <laughs> but I did take about. 20 pictures of it (laughs) uh but i was so happy with how how nice it looks inside like if anything else you should pick it up just for all the pictures of obi-wan and and luke is in there and uh leia but yeah just um how nice it looked because you know you send it off and it's just like a word document and then all of a sudden it's this beautiful little book so yes it was at celebration i was very excited and tried very hard not to scream
0: how was your star wars celebration experience being a part of the nonfiction writing panel and also having that author signing for the first people who were able to pick up the book
1: so the author signing was just wild i just couldn't believe people were there to to get it I don't know how to say that (laughs) without sounding really, I don't know, (laughs) but uh, yeah, I couldn't, I was so happy that there was even, you know, one person there to get it signed. So that, that was amazing. I hadn't, i have never done a book signing before. Marvel monsters had come out during the pandemic. And so there was no signings or anything for that. So that was my first time doing anything like that. And it was really fun. Uh, The panel was also just as unbelievable. Uh, I talked about Be More Obi-Wan there with a little bit about, I think I talked about doing research and whatnot. And then that was actually, that panel was the first time I met Ashley Eckstein. In person, we'd work together on the uh, Star Wars Everyday book that's coming out this fall, but that was all over, also all over Zoom because we did it during the the pandemic, and so it was really fun. I met her backstage like two seconds before we went out, so I was already like really excited. And then she sat behind me and talked about writing the book, and she was just so sweet. So yeah, I couldn't couldn't believe any of it was real. It was funny that we all, I think, the same sentiment. For all of us up there was we can't believe we're actually up here <laughs> uh, so that was it was a lot of fun and a lot of I think I knew everybody up there and, and that was the first time I met Ashley like I said so it was kind of it was kind of like hanging out with friends and it was fun to hear everybody else's different experiences writing uh, Star Wars books so yeah I'll always I'll always remember that panel it was great
0: it was a great time and I'm sure it was extra special too just because it was the first celebration since the pandemic and had been put off for a while. And there was so much excitement there already. And it was just, it was such a blur that entire weekend. I can't even imagine what that was like for you being a part of the panel and the signing and all sorts of things going out for the weekend.
1: I think I'm still tired. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I feel that. So while we're at celebration, obi-wan comes out the obi-wan series obi-wan kenobi and first off how did you watch it did you get to watch it at celebration with everybody did you watch it later i did not get into the panel earlier in the day so i watched it on my ipad like deborah chow intended it at, in my hotel room at like <laughs> right when it dropped at nine how was that first viewing experience for you
1: um i actually i think i had like Three passes total to celebration and one of them was like the regular four-day pass and then with that pass i actually got in the lotto and so i got to go to the lucasfilm panel in the morning and then the uh the screening that night uh and it was amazing it was amazing it was hard the only thing i was worried about and it came true was we were all just so excited it was kind of hard to hear once in a while like what they were saying on the screen because we were all busy screaming at different things but it was so fun to be in that room with the energy and with the cast being there and um and then of course watching the two the two episodes which were so good so good so yeah I watched them on the the big screen first and then I can't remember if it was the next day or a couple days later but I went back and watched them again so I could hear all the what actually was going on when we weren't screaming our heads off but it was it was great it was it was so fun
0: what were your overall thoughts on the series as a whole i'm still recovering for, from it and the way i view it like within the context of star wars is that we we lived we've lived in two different star wars worlds this year pre obi-wan kenobi and post obi-wan kenobi i feel like we're all changed i loved it i, I was so excited for it what, what what were your overall thoughts on the series
1: uh, I loved it. It was um, it was what I hoped for, which was the story of how he went from episode three Obi Wan to episode four Obi Wan, and I think they really explored that well with how how sad and you know guilt ridden he was in the first episodes to him finding his confidence and uh, all the way through the end. And there were so many moments in there that, like you said, that I think we're all still kind of recovering from and. You know, it's one of those. It's a story that reshapes how we see um, the original trilogy, which I think is just wonderful. It's almost like magic the way it it I think affected almost every minute of the of a new hope in a whole different way. So yeah, I loved I love the series, and like you said, I think we're we're pretty lucky to live in this world where <laughs> where we got to watch it.
0: <laughs> For sure, it's uh, with a lot of the Star Wars that's come out. In the last few years i think that's a lot of times that's how i i I like the stories more if they do kind of reshape how you view things in a positive light and yeah like i said just you being in the middle of this with be more obi-wan coming out at the same time it couldn't have been better timing we're gonna go back to your your twitter feed a little bit here i i gotta know because it's it's so good. Like I said, if, if you're on Twitter and you're not following Kelly, I don't even know what you're doing at all. But I have to read. I have to read one more Obi Wan joke, no. and then I got a couple okay. more questions for you. So this one is Obi Wan talking to Han Solo. Obi Wan says, "We'd like you to take us to Alderaan." Han Solo says, "Cargo." Obi Wan says, "No, spaceship, go." That was so good. That was one. You know where a lot of times. I started. <laughs> well,
1: <I'm
0: a> joke. <laughs> I love it. A lot of times, you get the reactions. Some people are like genuinely like "lol," but some people are like, "Kelly, come on!" Like in that one, that joke for sure was like split down the middle of like, "Okay, like that's that's too far." But they're they're so good. I I gotta know. And, and I don't know if this is like asking a chef for the recipe or what, but how do you come up with these jokes? Do they just come to you? Do you spend some time thinking about them? Were you funny growing up? I, I got to know at least a little bit of your secret here.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think I'm funny now, but thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, it's actually, uh, it's like a combination of, of both spending time and then, then just coming up. Sometimes I'll look at like classic jokes uh, kids' jokes and dad jokes and kind of just uh, readjust them to to fit Star Wars. And then um, other times, you know, I'll be on a run, uh, which actually happened, I think, the other day. I was running and thought of like two or three, so I literally stopped on the sidewalk and did it on my phone real quick before I forgot. But yeah, if I'm driving or running or, you know, trying to go to sleep for the night, sometimes I'll think of something then. But um, yeah, so it's kind of a combination of both. In... During the lockdown and whatnot, when I did it every day, there was a lot more thinking. I think I spent time every night trying to think of one for the next day because I didn't want to miss a day. But since then, it's kind of just as it comes up.
0: I love it. And the last one, and this one is my, this one is like Hall of Fame tweet. It's at the top of my list. It makes me laugh every time I read it. I have it saved like in my favorites on my camera roll, just like a (laughs) screenshot of it. It's okay. I'm just going to read it. What did Klee say when he greeted Anakin Skywalker on Tatooine? Long time no shmi. <laughs> that was That was
1: a bad one. <laughs> that was
0: so bad, but it was so good. And that got some very strong reactions from people too. And I go back to that joke all the time. I'm that if if i ever get the chance to meet you again i'm printing that one off and having you sign that specific one because that is a hall hall of fame tweet right there i love it <laughs> thank
1: you that one i was afraid sometimes i think they go a little too far and that was when i was a hesitating to <laughs> click the tweet button
0: it was right on the edge right on the edge there yeah that was, that was good no it was good well, Kelly, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. This was so fun. I have been looking for the best opportunity to get you on the podcast because I have admired you for so long and just thought you are so funny. And yeah, when I saw that you were writing this book specifically, I was like, I think this is the time to do it and got it, loved it. And anybody listening out there, definitely go pick it up. It is, like I said earlier, it's it's timeless. It's one of those that you can pick up at any time. It's a great gift too for Anybody in your life, young and old, just such a great book and such a good addition to your Star Wars collection. So definitely go pick that up. And Kelly, can you tell the people where they can find you, what you got going on? I know we have Star Wars every day coming out in a couple months. So exciting. But yeah, can you tell the people um, where to find you?
1: Uh, Sure. You can find me on StarWars.com. You can always find me on Twitter, unfortunately, (laughs) at, at Kelly underscore Knox um and yeah that's where i I post most of my stuff so
0: thank you so much again and you can follow the show on twitter at force time pod you can find us more on instagram at force time pod and if you enjoy the show leave us a five-star review and go pick up be more obi-wan it's so good and until next time may the force be with you